Hi, welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And today we have Armando Jaycox from Denver, Colorado. Armando is the owner of Foothills Roofing and Exterior. Welcome, Armando. That's right, you're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So let's get started. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your business and what brought you to our podcast? Yeah, uh, well, a uh, um, little bit of, about Foothills Roofing and Exteriors is that it uh, we started about um, almost two years ago uh, now, and we um, I was a uh, I started out as a door to door salesman uh, here in Denver, Colorado, just going around, um, you know, asking people for a uh, roof inspection, you know, and uh, that was back in 2011, and um, and then I moved my way up to being a project manager and then eventually a sales manager and, and then a, uh, eventually a partner in that company. And, um, and so after uh, being a partner there for a while, for a few years, um, I started to have some different ideas about the business and the direction that I wanted it to go. And uh, my other two partners just weren't on the same page and I was just feeling um, discouraged. I just kept, kept getting my, my, my ideas like shot down one after another and I just, um, you know, I just, uh, it was not really what I wanted to do, you know, and I started to just feel um, questioning everything, you know, type of situation. And, uh, and so I started to have these ideas and maybe I should go on my own, you know, and, uh, and people started to kind of encourage me to, to explore that. And I started to explore it, you know, and, and then I ended up uh, putting a business plan together. It took me about a year to, to do the business plan. And I started to, um, you know, dial in my numbers, the capital is going to be needing and the people I was going to need and just everything, you know? Uh, and so, and then I ended up uh, launching it, you know, and uh, it was just by myself, just me and my roofing crew right behind me. Uh, I would sell the job and then schedule the roofing crew. And I did everything. And, uh, you know, I did that for about a month and uh, that was kind of how Foothills got started. And with pretty quickly, a lot of it learning the ideas that I've taken from our mem my membership in the Arte um, in the Arte uh, syndicate groups, um, I was able to grow the business from zero to twelve million, or sorry, zero to two million, <laughs> not twelve million. <laughs> twelve million would be wonderful, though, wouldn't it? Zero to two million in twelve months. Yeah. Nice. That's um, that's fantastic. I. Um... Was, I, I laughed to myself when you talked about how you started out doing the door-to-door -door sales and thought to myself, I, I, I've i never had to do that. And I'm kind of grateful for that. And I'm kind of, Corey, have you ever done door-to-door? -door? No, I'm not a salesperson at all. So. <laughs> no, he's definitely not. The fact that we see his face on this podcast as we're recording it is probably... It's enough for me. He's out of his comfort yeah. zone there already. So Yeah, door-to-door um, -door is pretty hardcore. Door-to-door -door is, is pretty, it, pretty hardcore for sure. Yeah, but, I love it. But to go from door to door all the yeah. way to, you know, starting your own business. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, what was the timeline on that? Seven years. Seven years. Okay. So that's, that's still pretty, that's fast tracked, right? Um, you know, looking back, I wish I'd have done it sooner. Tell you that, you sure. know. Number one uh, thing we hear, sooner. we wish people wish yeah. they would have done it sooner. Yeah. 
What was the um, process like for you with the business plan? Uh, you know, I'm terrible at that kind of thing, at, at business planning stuff. And that's actually been one thing that stopped me from pursuing my own business was, was the business plan. Um, I, I knew I needed one. I, I knew I had a plan, but I just didn't know. Uh, you know, it was just very daunting and overwhelming for me. So I just went online, you know, I just basically did a Google search, like easy business plans online. I found some software um, called Live Plan. And um, Live Plan is just like $20 a month. And it walks you through, like it asks you, it just kind of like asks you the questions that you need to answer. And then it just like basically prompts you and you just answer the questions. You prompt, you get answered the questions and you do that over a, a series of, of, um, of like, I got, you know, an outline in, in that they give you. And that was basically it. It took me, um, you know, I just, and each time I was answering a question though, it made me, it forced me to go through a thought process, you know, and maybe go through like, well, I, I, you know, I haven't planned really the contracts and like, you know, what is that going to look like? So I had to like go through the whole thing of like making our contracts and like working with an attorney and, um, you know, kind of going through all of that, like, you know, the authorizations that we need, there's just a lot of like contracts that go with getting, doing a roofing job. And so that was sort of, um, you know, a good two, three months there. And then when we started talking about the part of, um, of uh, the marketing plan, what, what was I going to do there? And that, that got me going with like the website and working with a web developer. And, you know, kind of that was another six month long process of building our website out, you know. And so that's kind of the, the, the basic idea. And, and, you know, the plan was not complete when I, when I launched either, like it wasn't done. Like, and when I got to the financials, I was like, hang on, if I sell this amount of dollars and I'm not going to, I'm going to need a lot more money than I have now. And so I was just kind of like in the situation where I was a little, I started to get kind of nervous and kind of scared. And I started even at one point completely questioning everything. And I was just about ready to just drop out. And I, I I made a call to a business coach that I work with. I was at the airport on a, like a, on a, at a roofing seminar thing that goes over like financial planning. And I called her, I was like freaking out. Like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to do it. This is too crazy. Like the accounting alone is just too overwhelming for me. I, I'm going to stay where I'm at. That's it. I'll accept it. I do well. I, I you know, I have a good job. <laughs> you know, I talk I, We were laughing so hard because, well, first, um, it's amazing to me. Well, it's, it, it's not, it's not surprising after, you know, we've been doing this business for a while now, how many people really get thrown by the business plan. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that are available, but that's probably the thing that trips people up the most. And then they kind of lose themselves in it along the way. So kudos to you for working your way all the way through it. Well, I mean, yeah, that, and then like, you're talking about the numbers as well. That's always, especially for somebody who doesn't have a background in finance or accounting or, or, you know, owning a business, whatever, you know, we were working with a, um, been working with a client and like working through projected financials and all of that. And, you know, we got kind of the end and his eyes just lit up like, Oh, I'm going to have all this money. And I'm like, uh, no, it's going to be a lot smaller than that. I was like, these are very, very raw numbers. I was like, and I, I didn't even bother to tell him that he's going to have to pay taxes. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so with your business living there, uh, being there in Denver, I would imagine that you're, you're fairly seasonal, um, considering the, you know, you're working on roofs and there's snow and ice and all that. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a seasonal, it is a seasonal thing. Um, uh, we, 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 um, we're kind of different. We intentionally uh, decided to do this product that you can install. That's, that's sort of like winter cold uh, install friendly. 
And so that we only install that one product that we, we, we just, and, and it, it comes in two, two, two uh, not colors, two, uh, two, two types. So like one thing that is kind of with, with us, what we've did is, um, is a little different. We only install this type of roofing called impact resistant. And so um, it's a little bit controversial in the roofing industry because a, a lot of people don't like us because of that. Um, uh, we, whether you, we give everyone a free upgrade to an impact resistant roof. Uh, we don't care what you, what you have on the roof now. We, we always give everybody impact resistant and we have two levels, a three and a four. And so um, both of them are cold weather friendly. So like um, people don't like it though, because roofers think that we sort of like cheapen our services by giving them a level three for no additional upgrade. And we, um, but the, what's kind of interesting about this is when I kind of analyzed the numbers was that the pricing that we get for a level three is actually better pricing than most roofers get for just a regular roof. It was better than what we were getting for a regular roof. So I knew that. So I was just like, okay, you mean I can give everybody a level three and like a, a way better quality than like the non-class rating roofs and I can off and, and I and I get a better price. I can increase our profitability from it on top of that. <laughs> Done, you know? So it was like an easy decision for me to make. And like I go, I get I get heat, you know, people kind of talk crap about us online because we're like the only company in Colorado that only installs impact resistant roofing. And and that's well, it's funny. I thought you were gonna say they didn't like you because the type of roofing I, I would imagine roofers expect a certain turn, turnover in roofs. And, you know, if you're putting something on there that's going to protect the roof, you know, it's, it's going to lessen the amount of times that they could, you know, potentially have a customer. But Well, yeah, it's kind of an in industry secret that, like, um, that uh, everyone kind of says, oh, you're putting the best roof, we're putting the best roof. That's what the public sees, right? But, like, the industry secret is that most roofers like to put a roof on that they can replace and they get a hailstorm the next year. Exactly. So by yeah. me putting one roof on, that's that's not that's not going to hold up to hail the way that this impact resistant will. I'll be able to do this roof over and over and over, and and they actually do. Like that's a thing here in Colorado. Like people have to get their roofs done like literally year after year, and it's just crazy. Well, first off, thanks for uh, spilling the secrets with us on that industry <laughs> <laughs> because now we know. Um, you talked about like people saying your competitors having, you know, saying some negative things about you because of the roofs that you go with, but you have a phenomenal amount of positive reviews. Um, how do you, how are you so, so successful at getting the reviews? It's, it's, uh, we, that was a, that is a big challenge. Um, because we, we, we really were, were, were having a hard time with that starting out the first six months uh we were they're just coming in so slow and the reviews were were so important but so we weren't able to get it and that's just because we're doing it manually ourselves so you know um i ended up uh doing this membership thing um with this company um and uh called broadly and they uh we're we're uh we have a, a customer relationship management software that allows us to the reason we got to zero to, to two million in 12 months is because of the software that we use we're 100% paperless company. And so like over the last seven years when I was in the old company, I implemented these like systems that would let us go paperless. That was one idea they didn't want to do. They didn't want to be paperless. They, they, they liked their paper. They had like an emotional connection to it. 
I don't care about paper, like whatever. I care about my computer, my phone. So like um, with this, with the CRM, it allows us to kind of like get a customer and like put them through a process in the CRM. And once they hit the part where they pay, they're paid in full, it automatically sends them a request to fill out a review. And within like literally two weeks, we had like 20 new reviews from just that process, like that, that change, that little change that we made. 20 reviews. And then, and then we kind of got the rest by just like telling, uh, we, we were very big on like, Hey, uh, everyone's like, you know, we're so happy with you. We're so happy with you. you say, Hey, um, we're going to send you a review request here fairly soon. And uh, you know, but the, the key there is like not making my sales guys do it. Like I couldn't, I, you know, that was why we were struggling. I'm like, did you send the review request? And like, you know, they're like, no, I forgot. And like, so we just had to make it automatic, you know? So I feel like any business, if they can automate that review request, I strongly recommend it because then when they, when they don't respond, then they'll send them another, another, it sends them three reminders like week after week. And then in those time, in, in that time frame, we will also talk to them and remind them. So like they're getting hit a lot with like, Hey, can you do the review? Can you do the review? And then, and then they, they go ahead and do it once they get like that second or third reminder. Yeah. It's uh, those reviews are, they're, important for small business owners. And I feel like I'm constantly pimping for reviews, like asking people, Hey, go review. So um, that's, it's an interesting that, that you've taken that approach of automating that. And I like that. I think we're going to be looking into that. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, one of the things that, you know, like that, that was one of the things that impressed us when we were checking out your website, but the, that opening video there on, on your homepage, you know, which we discussed is something that you did. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Are you talking about the Foothills website? Yeah, the Foothills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we uh, are you talking about the cu- the test the customer testimonial. Well, so we checked out the testimonials, and that's where like we're, like I was just blown away at how many reviews you had within the past twelve months. But then I was also talking about that that the video on the homepage. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we have um, we're just doing so many videos inside of lose track of them, and then and then our our web marketer up, uploads them to the website. But yeah. Um, I think uh, the one you're talking about is, um, it's, is the, the, it's the it's the one that uh, obviously it was taken with a drone and it's just showing off the rooftops. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as far as uh, man, that's like a whole other topic of videos and like marketing production and stuff. Like it's been such a long, hard road with like getting our marketing and videos on point. Just to kind of touch on that Google thing though, one of the first things that I did was get Google my business set up. And, and when I set it up, I thought I optimized it. And when I like started working with our web marketer, she's like, this is like needs a lot more work because you can like optimize your Google my business. And that helps a lot with like, um, with like SEO, you know, and people searching services. So like the Google reviews and then in conjunction with Google, my business um, just uh, was able to like, I think we, we get, we've, through the pandemic, we've been able to get a lot of leads from Google um, because I think of those two reasons, the reviews in my business. And then on top of that, we have a YouTube channel that we put all of our videos on and you know that's owned by Google. So when people are searching roofing and they wanna, Google will put our videos up towards the top and we get people all the time telling us that, yeah, um, you know, I saw your reviews, I even saw some videos and you know we're interested in getting a new roof. And so, um, 
but the video production is we ended up hiring in-house uh, videographer to work to work here as an employee and they they are they're just on the fly like always um we make so many i mean we just made two yesterday and like three the day before and we're just like cranking out videos like crazy like we go to the customer customer testimonials are huge so like we just you know i asked the customer hey I, they, all they want is like time. The customer really wants time with, with me, like as the owner, they want to like hang out with me and that's cool. Like I, I do that. So we did one recently where I stayed with her. Like I, me, I took my whole family, my, my wife and my two kids and we went to their house and they made dinner. This customer made dinner for me and my family. <laughs> and we had like an evening with them and she gave us like this really good review on camera. Wow. And yeah, yeah. It was, I have a two year old who's nuts by the way. And um, he and they were just like so nice to them and, and just like really sweet to my kids. And like, they're just like, Armand, this is the best roofing experience I've ever had. Like, this is so cool. Like, thank you for coming over. And and like uh, to me, that and our project manager came, uh, Egan, he was also there with us. And like, to me, that's what gives our company like the heart and soul and personality, like doing stuff like that. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about SB Pace, the small business consulting company that makes this podcast possible. SB Pace, which stands for Small Business Planning, Advising, Coaching, Expertise, focuses solely on helping small businesses and entrepreneurs. Are you looking to start a small business of your own? SB Pace can get you up and running with a solid foundation that's built to last. Are you an existing small business in a slump or just looking for ways to improve what you do? We can help with that. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? SB Pace is the partner you need. You can find out more about SB Pace and what we have to offer by visiting our website, sbpace.com. That takes relationships with uh, with customers to a whole new level when you're taking your family over and having dinner with them. And That's I, amazing. Yeah. I also want to say it's pretty, if I'm doing the math correctly, your, your two-year-old is as old as your business. So jumping off and starting your own business with a kid on the way. That's, that's, I'm sure that was pretty difficult for you. That was, oh man, I can't even tell I was, <laughs> I was in a basically constant panic that first <laughs> I mean, there's no way to run. And honestly, if it weren't for what I've learned in the MFCEO project and for having a group like Arte, like to kind of like, you know, being even just I mean I participate in Arte and I do posts and I and I do stuff like that but just like lurking even like watching people like it gave me so much encouragement that first month I mean I was terrified you know I, I, I literally and then I had to go home and still be with my kids and I couldn't I didn't want to like give that energy my wife I'm sure could sense it but like um but like I, I was trying to, you know, put on a, a strong face. And, you know, during that time, I was also reading um, the David Goggins book about mental uh, toughness, you know, and, and creating callous of the mind. And, and like I was able to um, work through that time, that first month where I was in a constant state of panic through, by listening to MFCO Project, by, by being on our Arte group by listening to the audiobook of David Goggins talk about callous of the mind and my mind became calloused to those really intense, like, you know, jumping off this cliff and not knowing you're going to land while I have like a two-year-old. And if this doesn't work out, he's not going to eat, you know, it's just, man, that was so crazy. And, you know, and honestly, our, what Andy Frisell has taught about like, you know, it doesn't real the fear doesn't completely go away or anything. He talks about now he's got anxiety, he can't go to work sometimes. It's so bad, you know? And it's just kind of like, um, I've kind of started to get a little more comfortable with being uncomfortable and, 
and you know, but that first month, I mean, was huge. It, it, for our first month, we sold a hundred. I personally sold one hundred and sixty grand in roofing. You know, just me alone. So like, I'm a very aggressive salesperson. And so like, we. Um, so yeah, after that, having all that success that first month, it definitely helped some of the fear. Like I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I'm excited actually. This is like, I, I was able to kind of convert that fear into excitement and really just kind of go with that. That's, um, <laughs> it's, that's a great story. Um, certainly with the, um, the callous of the mind and that's, um, Dave Goggins book is can't hurt me. Right. That's the, yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really good book. Highly recommend for developing mental toughness. And um, for our listeners who aren't aware, I just always like to say when somebody mentions Arate, when a guest mentions Arate, that is Andy Fasilla and Ed Milet's entrepreneurial group that um, they have and they've had for about three years, if I'm, am I correct on that one? It's been a three um, years, yep. yeah. Yeah, and it's just an amazing group of entrepreneurs that really support and help each other. And that's actually um, how we um, came in, came to connect with Armando through that group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to shift uh, because I know you've got a little side hustle that you got uh, going on with your, the media company. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to tell us about that as well? Yeah. So like through the pandemic, you know, we knock on doors a lot to generate business, you know, and so that's kind of the way roofing goes. But through the pandemic, we, um, we weren't able to do that really, you know, so we, I really had to look at other, other ways to, to market ourselves and keep getting more, more clients, you know, more business, more customers. And so um, I had this van that uh, we had a utility van and I was just kind of like thinking like, what, what, you know, can I, I was really trying to think outside the box. Like I was being as creative as I could. And I was like, and I, and my mom had some issues. Like my mom was like really worried that she wasn't going to be able to get food. And during when the, the quarantine was happening and nobody knew how bad it was going to be or how long. And I just thought to myself, I wish I could just like call someone over there to like, just take my mom food, just go to the grocery store, pick up some food and take it to her, you know? And like, she was a little concerned about the, the prices. I mean, I ended up giving her just Amazon. I was in this, like, I was lucky enough to be able to, to have the resources to just, you know, go online and send her some groceries like that. But there, I got to thinking there's a lot of people who don't have that, you know, and I wonder, and I, then I kind of, my wheel starts turning and I was like, man, I could repurpose this van and turn it into like a free delivery for uh, people who are vulnerable during the pandemic. And that would be a really great way to kind of get our name out there some more too and be like, hey, there's this, we have a van, we'll deliver food and groceries to you for free while you're at, stuck at home. And we do it for the most vulnerable in our society. And we, we, we teamed up with, with, uh, with food banks and, and we, uh, we started delivering, we probably served thousands over 3000 people we delivered food to during like the very beginning of it, like in April, April, May. And I, I wanted to make videos of that, you know? And so I, I reached out to like, uh, uh, some video companies and stuff and they were just like charging a lot. And I was like, man, um, for the amount that they're charging, I could probably just hire a full-time videographer to work here at Foothills. And then I, and I, I started looking and I had thought about doing that before, but the cheapest I could find was like 50,000 a year, you know? And, and so that was a little too much for us. But once I once with the pandemic hit and like unemployment going to 30%, like I put an ad on indeed for videographer, I'm not exaggerating within 12 hours, I had like 50 applicants for a videographer at like 15 bucks an hour. So I was like, wow. And I just kind of went through and like found the cream of the crop, like this new, um, this guy who just finished film school and he had all of his equipment ready to go. I said, you're hired, put him in my office here. And we started banging out these like videos about the van and like my YouTube channel and like 
all kinds of stuff. And um, so we ended up like hiring a web designer after that. Um, I just had a lot of issues like working with like freelancers and agencies over the years um, as a, as you know, with, with the small businesses and stuff. And, and so um, I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to just take it in house and, and then they charge a good amount of money. So like, instead of all that money I was putting towards these like freelancers and agencies, I just said, let's just put it into our own business and have our own internal marketing department. And so that's what we did. And I really didn't have an idea to do a startup. That was just all for Foothills. But then people started asking me, hey, can you, those videos you're making are awesome. Like, can you make me one? Can you give me a, a drone photography? Can you do this and that for our website? And, and I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. I started helping out and we started doing stuff. And I was like, how, they're like, how much do you want? And I charge them. And I started realizing like, okay, I'm not even doing anything. And I'm like, I'm generating like revenue. <laughs> like I need to incorporate this thing and like do it right. And let's like really make this a business. And like, this could be a huge uh, opportunity for us to do like a web a video and web services for people like in this time of what's going on. And, and we, so that's what we did. We incorporated the marketing department. We called it the media lab, developed some branding for it. Uh, we've got four employees for it now. Um, we've got a full-time web marketer. And now we just, uh, we just sold um, two videos this month and we're selling, um, we're going to a roofing conference next week and we're gonna be making for people, videos for people, uh, one minute promos on the spot with like an instant turnaround time. They're gonna get their videos the same day. Wow. So before we even comment on that brilliant Media Lab pivot that you made, um, we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge what you did for the vulnerable people during the pandemic. So that's, that was really great. Kudos to you. And I'm sure that you impacted a ton of lives in a really positive way. And the, you know, payback on that will come back to you for years to come. So that was, you know, well done on that. Thank you. Yeah. I tend to gloss over that and like, you know, and, and cause it, it was just, um, but man, some of the things that happened during that time, I, I, Honestly, I try not to think about it that much because it's very heartbreaking and it's even gotten, it's still bad right now. Like, you know, there were some folks who we would, they literally had no food. There's one person who had like crackers. She was living off of crackers and water. She was afraid to go out because she thought she's going to get COVID and die. An, uh, you know, older, elderly uh, woman. And we were, and when we saw her, because I, I hired somebody to, to drive the van around and he saw her, he was just like, you know, broke his heart and he, you know, gave her this box of food to get her going for another two weeks. And then we, we kept bringing her stuff. That one in particular, because she was in such dire straits, you know, and, and but like when she, she like lit up, like when he saw, when she gave him the box of food that we had with like some fresh, like vegetables, you know, and like uh, some canned food as well. Like it just really, um, it just really made her come alive again. And, uh, and, you know, there's just so many examples like that, but man, it's so bad right now. It's still pretty, pretty heartbreaking what's going on in, in, in our society right now. Yeah. How did people find out about that particular service that you were doing? Uh, we got, so I got the news that we, so one thing we learned how to do was to do a press release. We had no idea how to do that. <laughs> and we learned how to do a press release during that time. And we did some press releases and the news, uh, some reporter reached out to me and was like, Hey, we heard about the van. We need some uplifting stories right now. Can we come and do a story? And uh, we did that the first week and we, they, uh, they put us on the news on a Sunday and like Monday, our phone was, I had a line dedicated to, to the van and our phone was just blowing up. I mean, I was just, we were busy doing deliveries all day, like 40 hours a week for, you know, probably about two months we did that, mainly because the news helped us out. 
Wow, that's amazing. Um, now on to the pivot, I will say this, you are, I, I think small business owners don't realize the importance of imagination, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I know we've, we've definitely learned about imagination through Arate, right? It was a big, huge topic and using your imagination to help like improve or build out your business. And your, um, your use of imagination is really, really clear in how you've been able to grow and expand and make pivots in your business. So that's what, have you always been able to do that successfully? Yeah, that, that imagination, I think, is, is, is the most important trait you can have as an entrepreneur, personally. I think that, you know, it trumps everything. And so, um, because, uh, because, you know, just an example, I, I was with my, my son and, and, and like we were looking at uh, some of the things that Amazon is doing with Blue Origin, their, their space uh, program. And, and they, they, they have this grand vision of like, pretty much building a planet in space for people to live on. That's like the ideal climate like you could ever have with like animals, like water and like the whole nine yards, you know, and building and building that like in, in the future and millions of people could live on that planet. Like that takes some serious imagination, you know, to even come up with that idea, you know. And so when I was telling Bodhi about that, my son, and we started, started talking about that, like we started thinking about like cool ideas that we can do for us just to make some cool videos here, you know, and like at our home, you know, and he started talking about, let's put this track up on our roof and like do a video of it, like the hot wheel coming off the roof and down the track and like into this little like (laughs) puddle, the pool that we have down in the backyard. I was like, that's a great idea, you know? And so like, but if it weren't for that, like really crazy imagination, like building a planet and like, you know, the outer space, we may not have come up with that little idea of like doing a cool little video outside, you know? So like, I think, um, I think that it's so important to just like imagine as big as you can dream as big as you can. Not, you know what, we may not have a planet, we may not ever go to space and live in that like a planet in our space, but like, but the sheer, um, the sheer act of like um, imagining it, like it helps us with our daily life now, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, there's been so many things that, that I've imagined that I, I just thought were not possible, you know, honestly, even doing what we're doing now, like having like four employees who like just do web marketing for us and like uh, video and making these like crazy videos. I could never have dreamed that would have been possible. I thought I was going to have to always work with like a freelancer video guy and like struggle and struggle and struggle. And then like, that was the situation. But like, once I started imagining like what's possible, like through the pandemic, actually, in a way it kind of helped me because I was like, okay, we got to really imagine big time now because we, if we don't, like we may not make it through this thing. And so let's start to, and then that's when we kind of, you know, have the idea of like the media lab and, 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 and hiring people and like, you know, just having lots of faith and like moving forward and like what is new ideas we can do. And so, yeah, I think, um, I think uh, that, that I, and I've always kind of been a little crazy and imaginative as a child and all that. And, um, and so I, and I do kind of, I have always encouraged myself to continue to be that way. Great. Yeah, um, I'd love to continue the conversation, but we're running out of time here. So before we go, can you just tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, well, I just want to say thank you so much for bringing me on the show. I really, uh, this is really great and I really appreciate it. And I do, uh, I am sort of working on uh, becoming sort of an industry leader in the roofing business and the roofing industry. And so I have a YouTube channel there. People can find me there. And 
Um, I also have a, um, on, I'm on Facebook, you know, you can just friend request me. I haven't hit my 5,000 friends yet. So um, keep friend requesting me. And then uh, I also am on Instagram. Uh, you can find me there and, you know, follow me there. And um, so yeah, YouTube, uh, just search me, Armando Jaycox, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And of course, we'll put all that in the show notes as well. So awesome. you can easily, easily find that. But thank you for being on the show. This has been a great conversation. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. We'll look and forward to being in touch. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. You can connect with us on social media as well. We are on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the Twitter. You can also reach us on our websites, sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. And while you're out there on the internet, uh, subscribe to this pod and let us know what you think. Like us, give us a review. We're always looking for feedback. Yes, we are. And if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover, drop us a note and we will find an expert who can talk about that topic. Oh, we have a book. It's called Seriously. Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. And it comes with a companion workbook. You can find our book on Amazon or link to it through our website. That's it for the day. And thanks again to Armando. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.